You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric May, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at the Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Eric. I'm glad we can still talk about the first place Milwaukee Bucks for, I don't know if this is the second or third straight podcast, but uh, but that's a positive after the Bucks 121-98. Comfortable win over the Detroit Pistons on New Year's Day. Uh and like many people, though, I have to go back to work tomorrow, so that's kind of a bummer after almost <laughs> almost two weeks of uh, just sort of screwing around and and uh, dealing with family and you know non work stuff. Uh, a little bit back to the grind tomorrow, but at least we have a uh, Bucks win to uh, to send us back into uh, the the drudgery of uh, of many of our you know day to day. Working alive, so so hey, you know, at least at least the Bucks did their part. Um, I think you're probably going to get mad at me for saying this because I think you've gotten mad at me for saying this in the past. Um, but that was a boring game. Yeah, I, I don't really have that many thoughts. We 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 did message for it that I needed to make this kind of fast, um, and part of that's also just because I don't I don't have a ton of thoughts about this. I feel like the the Pistons have given us like two of the most boring blowout Bucks Bucks wins all year. Oh yeah, because um, I feel yeah. like we had a similar conversation the last time these teams met, and you know, Giannis didn't have a big game in that. I think he may have had 15 points in that game as well. Um, and tonight, you know, not a not a huge night from Giannis. Only 26 minutes, had foul trouble, but 15 points, eight boards, seven assists, three blocks, and a steal. Uh, plus, you know, one uh, felony assault committed on John Lohr, uh in the first <laughs> quarter on an incredible dunk that hopefully everyone saw. But um, yeah, just a lot of kind of, you know, starting lineup really was was the story and kind of everybody contributed. Or pretty much everybody took, you know, a decent number of shots and Brooke Lopez raining threes yet again and Chris Middleton continued to find his groove. Um, Eric Bledsoe maybe showing a little bit more um, initiative than maybe we, he has in the past. But for the most part, you know, just kind of Bucks being Bucks and Pistons being Pistons and that round up in a 23-point victory that, felt like the correct outcome yeah i mean just kind of thinking through this game um you know i had mentioned blood cell being i don't want to say passive the last couple of games but you know not picking his spots quite as often as he had and you know we had a, a little bit of a conversation about it before the game uh just talking with bud about it a little bit and you know he'd said like when when we're at our best Eric is typically at his best. Like if, if we're really going, it's when blood. So is really going. And, you know, I think there's a lot to that. And I just thought from the very start of the game, blood. So was really aggressive tonight. And, you know, I just think that kind of takes all of this, uh, everything that the Bucks do kind of to a next level. Um, you know, if blood, really able to attack and, and, you know, kind of do some stuff. And, you know, you think back to, 
the last Pistons game, obviously the first one of the year on December 5th at home, the Bucks had won 115-92. Then, you know, they had that 107-104 win against Detroit in Detroit a few weeks back. And, you know, Bledsoe wasn't, you know, uh, in that same kind of attack mode. You, that whole buck, the whole team was kind of, uh, you know, just a little bit off uh, that game. And, you know, I think as you, as you watch this team, uh, you know, I've obviously written about Eric Bledsoe and, and how good he's been for, for large portions of the year. And, you know, recently we saw George Hill closing games instead of him. And, you know, I think it, in, in some ways it, it speaks to just how good George Hill is, um, but also Eric Bledsoe not being quite as good. And now it, it feels like after a long stretch of this offense, not really, not really getting loose, not really feeling all that great. Obviously, that Miami game and then the Christmas uh, the Christmas Day game, it wasn't, you know, they scored 109, but it wasn't their best offense performance. You know, now it feels like three games in a row where, Bucks are kind of clicking again, and obviously that that speaks to Middleton playing a little bit better, twenty plus or twenty two plus in the last three games, and uh, then also you know Bledsoe playing a little bit better tonight, and Lopez hitting threes again. Like I just felt like it was it was a pretty complete team victory tonight. Yeah, I mean the offense. I was just checking on NBA.com. The uh, offense has actually bumped back above the Warriors for the number one ranking in the league, which. Um, they had been on a little bit of a downward trajectory. And um, I think we talked about how, you know, Chris Middleton being in kind of a prolonged slump while continuing to take more shots than Giannis and Adekumbo, uh over the month of December uh, probably had something to do with that, right? When your second kind of second option offensively mm-hmm. is in a really bad slump, like, yeah, you're probably not going to be, you know, scoring at an all world or, you know, all time pace as much. Um, and so the Bucks saw a bit of a, bit of a hit to their offense. But um, yeah, as you said, certainly, uh, uh, and it was interesting tonight because it, it felt like early on, like it felt like they were hitting some threes, but like Detroit was also hitting some threes. And then I was actually really surprised because I think, um, I think our friends at the Brew Hoop account tweeted out something like, I think it was maybe in the third quarter or something. They were at one point they were five out of seventeen, and I remember thinking like, wait, what? Like I thought they were hitting a bunch of threes, but I think it was just Brooke Lopez <laughs> hit hit most of those threes, and so it just sort of felt, you know, when Lopez is hitting you know, 28 foot threes. It just feels like much more of one of those nights where the Bucks offense is clicking. And obviously the fact that the Bucks were scoring pretty easily, you know, kind of also tends to make it feel like they're shooting better just in general. Um, but a lot of that damage was in the paint tonight. You know, they were 66 to 34 um, winners in the paint. So plus 32 in the paint actually made two fewer threes than the Pistons, 12 out of 33 for Detroit, 10 out of 27 for the Bucks, but they they did make five out of ten. I think pretty much in the, over the last like quarter or so, they, they hit the, their five of their last ten threes. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting game um, because it did feel like the offense was clicking, but it wasn't just you know hitting threes. And you know, it's obviously something we've talked a lot about. That one of the things that obviously makes this team very good offensively is is that you know sometimes they're not going to just hit all their threes, and sometimes they don't even necessarily need to take a ton, even though that is sort of their mo. Um, but just because of the way they can attack attack the paint and use that space uh, to to get easy buckets, um, you know, we saw Brogdon kind of get going early on, which strolls to the paint for for a couple of layups early, and he finishes six out of seven, kind of a quiet night, thirteen points, five assists, but you know, very, very a very tidy shooting night from a guy who you know I think is currently the only fifty forty ninety guy in the NBA, and 
Um, you know, he wasn't even a big story tonight, but you just look up and down the box score, you just see tons of guys who shot 50% or better. And um, I think, you know, if we look at it, all the, each starter hit at least half their shots. Um, and then you look at the bench, you know, uh, every, every, everybody who took more than three shots made more than 50%. And granted, this isn't a high volume, but you know, Tony Snell at four out of five, Connaughton two out of three in garbage time. Sterling Brown, two out of three. George Hill, three out of four. Thought Maker, one out of two. Um, you know, just, again, not like huge numbers individually from anybody, but uh, it all just kind of added up to a very efficient scoring night. 124 offensive rating, and uh, you're going to tend to win basketball games if you put up a 124 offensive rating. Yeah, not as the, you, you just look at... You know, it wasn't a, a spectacular outside shooting night, but, you know, when, uh, you know, after the game, I was asking everyone kind of about Brooke Lopez shooting 30 footers because, you know, it's it still is pretty fun to watch, uh, even though it is becoming more normal. It's pretty fun to watch. And, you know, uh, I had there was a funny interaction with Bud where I asked him about it. And, you know, what's going through your head is Brooke lines up a 30 footer and he said something to the effect of, you know, well, normally I get up and think to myself, oh, yeah, that's it's not a good shot. And then, well, I have to sit down because it went in. And, and you know, I can't say much um, after that. And, uh, you know, I told Brooke Lopez about it. And he's like, you know, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like hearing from Bud. I like hearing him sitting down, not talking, um, which was a, a fun little uh, – those guys just – both having some fun, but you know, I, I think the one thing that that I'm not gonna say we underrate because obviously we've talked about how good this offense is when Brooke Lopez is on the floor. But you know, when you got a seven footer shooting thirty foot threes, that makes getting to the basket really easy. That means whoever is supposed to be helping at the rim is not going to be there. And if they are there, um, well, then they're going to have problems because then Brooke Lopez is going to bomb away from three. And, uh, you know, Giannis was kind of talking about that after the game that, you know, it's just so big that whether or not Brooke makes them, that he's shooting them and he can make 30 footers every once in a while, like, you know, that's going to bring Andre Drummond out. That's going to keep him away from the basket and that's going to make everything easier for everyone else. And, you know, it's always highlights him and Chris and, and Bledsoe all being the guys that, you know, benefit most from that space. And, you know, I just thought tonight was, you know, it was one of those nights because you mentioned it, that the Bucks didn't hit that many threes, like 10 of 27. Like that's a, it's a, I mean, that's kind of, it's a bad night for the Bucks from three. Um, like that, that's not that's not a great night at all. But of that, you know, ten of twenty-seven is seven or twelve from Brook Lopez, and you know, I, I just think you feel and you see the the floor spread out further and further and further, and you know, it's just really tough for defenses to to try to contest anything at the rim when, you know, their biggest body is out chasing Brooke Lopez around the three point line. And, um, you know, I, I just think everything that, you know, we've kind of talked about with the bucks where, you know, you're getting contributions from the starting lineup, the bench is solid. Uh, you know, the, when everyone's attacking and, you know, there's this uh, egalitarian approach as Matt Velasquez talked about during post game, um, you know, it, it th- this is what it looks like. Like, uh, I, I, I don't even think this is like an outlier performance. Like, if you're thinking about this Bucks team and, you know, how good they can be both offensively and defensively, like this isn't a 144 point game. This is, you know, 
just pretty basic Bucks basketball. And, you know, that's, that's, I think what kind of makes it boring is that your tonight's game boring was that, you know, like the only thing you kind of got, saw people get up for during the second half was Brooke Lopez shooting deep threes. And he obviously hit a couple of them, but uh, overall it was just ho-hum and ho-hum now for the Bucks means they can hang a 123.8 offensive rating on a team and a 100.3 defensive rating on a team. Like that's, that's just a ho-hum effort for this Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah, there's probably, I mean, obviously uh, we would love it if Giannis was hitting threes. um, But like, if you're going to pick the guys who normally shoot a lot of threes out of them, like who's the most important to be hitting threes. I I think Lopez is the guy just because if he's hitting those threes, if you can keep him on the court, I mean, obviously there, there are going to be some games where, um, you know, if if teams are playing small or teams are, um, you know, have another, big guy that can that can kind of pick and pop for threes it's gonna be harder to play him but when he's hitting you know seven out of 12 um then man it's it's really tough for for the opponent um because you know regardless of what you're doing defensively um it means you're really having to play spread out and um you know you look at andre drummond i mean the the pistons actually had a good night on the boards uh the two teams were even in total rebounds but you know that that doesn't really tell the whole story because obviously the Bucks shot 60% from the field and the Pistons shot 38%. So the Bucks also had a lot more opportunities on defensive rebounds. So they should have more rebounds. Um, Pistons had 14 offensive rebounds, but it was interesting because it was kind of a, a, you know, Lure had three, Bruce Brown had three, you know, some, some long rebound type stuff. Drummond just seven total rebounds in 30 minutes. You know, he averages 15 total rebounds a game um, for the season. He averaged in these three games thus far, I think like 9.3 or something like that rebounds per game um, against the Bucks or 9.6, something like that. Um, so, f- you know, fewer than 10 rebounds per game against the Bucks. And, um, you know, I think, uh, again, I mean, Drummond was fine. He had a couple of nice little dunks sort of in second half garbage time where uh, like Thon Maker came out on him a little bit. But overall, you know, um, he kind of was muted in his, in his impact. And, you know, anytime you can kind of keep him off the boards and, and not getting lots of putbacks and easy, easy, you know, second chance opportunities, I think it's going to, going to help you a lot. And, and obviously, you know, the fact that you can try Lopez out there, he takes one two point shot all night. He only, only gathers himself three rebounds all night in 30 minutes. Right. I mean, like, you know, you, you think about like the old <laughs> ways that you think about what you'd want a center to do three rebounds, one two-point shot attempted, which he missed. Um, and yet, you know, he was probably the the best player in the game for the Bucks, right? 25 points on seven out of 12 threes, yeah. um, two blocks, plus 16. And, you know, again, just kind of doing what he's been doing all season. And obviously, he doesn't always hit seven threes, but, um, but uh, you just can't say enough about kind of what he's meant for this team. And, um, you know, again, like, you know, for him to kind of continue to be hot, and to see, you know, Middleton, only one out of four threes for Chris, but nine out of 14 overall, 22 points. Um, I, you know, I don't know. He's obviously kind of getting a lot more of those shots that maybe you would not want to prioritize. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, it's one of those things. If Chris is starting to get comfortable um, and scoring efficiently, then you kind of take it, right? Um, but seeing both of those guys kind of round into the form and, and obviously Bledsoe being a bit more aggressive tonight, um yeah, I mean, when the, all those things are happening, it really doesn't matter almost what you get from the bench. Um, the You're, you're going to be in really good shape because, you know, tonight, look, Giannis only 11 shots, 15 points, and it didn't really even matter just because everybody else was, was really getting their job done. Yeah, um, you know, I don't even... 
and again, I know this is going to be disappointingly short for us, uh, like a 15 minute podcast. That's, that's crazy for us, but you know, going through the rest of this game, I, I don't know if there's a, there's a whole lot more there. Um, you know, I thought the, the bench was fine. Um, no, the George Hill had a nice night, eight points, four assists, a steal, uh, plus 20 in 20 minutes. Um, but you know, like not a huge scoring effort, Tony Snell, four or five, nine points uh, off the bench. And, you know, then just everyone else kind of contributing DJ Wilson, 17 minutes, I think solid throughout all of it. Sterling Brown, 16 minutes. He was solid as well. Uh, three steals for him uh, in those 16 minutes. Uh, I tweeted about it, but you know, again and again, I'm just kind of impressed with how active he can be defensively and how much of a pain it is for teams just to make passes around him. Like he just seems to get his hands on things and find his way into passing lanes. But you know, overall that's, it's a pretty, pretty boring basic game from the bench and you know i think all the starters played well and um you know i think that that was about it uh, is there anything else you want to talk about because uh, i just think uh, this is a, a, a ho-hum easy win for the bucks and one that they were in control of pretty much the entire time yeah i mean i think the the, the stat that um how many is it four games in a row now that the Bucks have won by double digits or something like that? Um, I, I think basically every game since the Miami game. Yep. Um, so two New York games, the Brooklyn game and this game, um, you know, just taking care of business. And again, they're, you know, not all those games were completely uncompetitive. Obviously the Nets came back a bit, um, made it at least vaguely interesting in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Knicks, you know, were kind of frisky, especially in that second game, but uh, overall, you know, the Bucks' quality just kind of, you know, wearing out these these lesser teams. And, um, you know, you look at where the Bucks are. I mean, 26 and 10 and 18 and 5 against the Eastern Conference. I think they have some absurd record against uh, basically bad East teams uh, at this point. And, uh, you know, again, we've, we've talked about the Bucks having a difficult strength of schedule so far. They've obviously had some very big wins against some very good teams. And, you know, now we're seeing them start to just kind of mop up against a lot of these bad teams, uh, which is, which is what you need to do, right? If you're going to be an elite team, you know, um, you got to get a little bit of everything. You got to win games on the road. You got to obviously really be good at home. And at 17 and three, uh, the bucks are the best home team in the league. Um, right now, Denver also is, has three home losses, but they're 15 and three. So bucks, uh, leading the way with, uh, in the first season of Pfizer Forum. And, um, you know, again, the 20, 20 out of their uh, 36 games have been at home. So you're going to have to go out on the road at some point here, but you do have a few more home games before, before that happens. So, uh, again, you just want to kind of keep keep chalking up wins while, uh, while you can. And, um, you know, uh, there, I mean, it's kind of funny to think back, right? I mean, there was that, that stretch where you know, the Bucks had the 7-0 start and then, thereafter um you know they were basically kind of trading wins and losses for for a large part so i think it's been encouraging we've seen now a couple of four game winning streaks and obviously uh they've done a real nice job just avoiding you know ever losing more than one game in a row so um you've got some slightly more difficult games coming up including that raptors on the second night of a back-to-back this weekend um so you know good to just kind of keep it going and hopefully uh, with what I guess Atlanta on Friday, I think is the next game. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So hopefully you just kind of keep your eyes focused on that. 
take care of business. And, you know, if you can do kind of something on Friday, obviously, ideally you do something on Friday, similar tonight where you can play Giannis 26 minutes and keep him fresh for uh, Saturday's game against Toronto, which is obviously, uh, you know, a huge game. If you win that game, you lock up the, uh, the tiebreaker for, for the season and, um, you know, add another game to, to your lead, obviously, which would be great given, uh, the Raptors, um, are 28 and 11. So they are, you know, literally just percentage points behind you in, in the East. And, um, you know, again, I think, I think the big thing for me too, is, I mean, as we've kind of talked about, I mean, my big thing right now, as I look at the kind of survey the standings, um, you've got Philly and Boston with 14 and 15 losses, respectively. You got Indiana, just 12 losses. Uh, I mean, my big thing is just like, if you can just stay in those top two in particular, I'd feel really good. You know, I mean, obviously you'd love to be the top seed in the East, but just to be a top two seed um, and in particular, avoid that four or five slot because you're going to have, you know, basically two really good teams or really talented teams in the four or five slots. And then you're going to have yep. a lot of teams that should be very beatable in the six or eight spots. Um, so, it, you know, whoever can just sort of stay above the fray in the top three seeds, I think is going to probably feel way better than if you, if you drop into one of those four or five spots, because, you know, if you finish fourth um, odds are, you're going to have to play a really good team in the East this year, which, uh, you know, maybe in the past we haven't necessarily thought, thought we'd be saying as much. So, um, you know, kind of goes without saying uh, these games aren't necessarily super sexy or exciting to talk about. Um, but that's a good place to be uh, just to be kind of beating up on some of these lesser teams and, um, chalking up wins and again uh, chance to do that again on Friday and with Atlanta yeah I mean this is kind of a, a big spot you know uh, if your bad stretches are going every other going 500 for a month and your good stretches are just overwhelmingly beating teams uh, the rest of the time uh, you're gonna be a pretty good basketball team uh, and you should be able to find yourself in a really good spot and, th- and that's where the bucks are now uh tonight if the season ended at this moment uh, the the pistons would have been the eight seed uh and the bucks would have been the one seed and this would be your your eastern conference playoff matchup but yeah you know you think through uh the rest of the eastern conference and I don't know how it will end, but uh, the Hornets and the Heat are six and seven at the moment. And uh, Spo has always coached very well against Giannis. Uh, They've always made it really tough on him. And uh, the Hornets have always, I shouldn't say always, but, you know, recently really played the Bucks well. Um, And, Again, I don't know if you if you want either of those. So, you know, the Bucks should go get the one seed and play whoever it is between the Pistons, Nets, Magic, Wizards, Hawks, Bulls, Knicks, Cavs, whatever. Um, but we'll see how that all ends up shaking out here in the Eastern Conference. Maybe in two months, none of this is even close to accurate and everything has changed drastically. So we'll see if that ends up being the case. But yeah, this is, this is a spot in their schedule where, you know, if you can get another easy one against uh, Atlanta in you take care of business in that one and get yourself somewhat rested. I mean, even if it's just like it was tonight where Giannis plays uh, 26 relatively easy minutes, like that, that can be really helpful. Um, especially trying to set up a, a big game against the Raptors on Saturday. So we'll see what the Bucks do there. I'm thinking Frank, we're probably going to have to mailbag it at some point because we're going to have uh Let's see. So this is going up on Wednesday. So we have a Thursday and Friday that we need to cover and there's no games in between there. So, 
Are you you thinking a mailbag makes some sense? Yeah, I'd say that does make sense. And, uh, you know, also, um, we're going to have to be careful there, too, because this is the dreaded Thon Maker Analytics trap uh, where the Bucks get too many days off. So uh, they're oh, going wow. to yeah. They're gonna have to fight the uh, the urge to uh, to lose on Friday uh, after getting well rested, um, like, you know, leading up to to a very beatable Hawks team, which, of course, is Mike Boonholder's old team. Which you know, I don't know if that I don't know if that help I don't know if that really helps the 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 Bucks or the Hawks uh, in this case. Um, but uh, you know, we'll see. Also, sounds like there's a chance that the Raptors, who won again tonight might be without Kyle Lowry, who's been dealing with some back and back stuff on Saturday as well. So that's a kind of another thing to watch over the next couple of days. If Lowry's condition, um, you know, what, what his status will be as well. Cause obviously he's, he's been really bad against the Bucks so far this year, but you know, obviously in the grand scheme of the universe, you probably feel better um, playing the, the Raptors without Kyle Lowry than with them. So um, yeah, anyway, we, we can talk about that more probably on the Friday pod, but uh, yeah, I'd say we're due for a little mailbag action. All right. Sounds good. Uh, you guys can tweet those into at locked on bucks, uh, send them to the podcast account. That makes it easier for us to sort those. So again, that's at locked on bucks. There's no underscores, anything else in there. So at locked on bucks on Twitter, send those over um, or send them to What's the Gmail, Frank? Lockdownbucks at gmail.com? Yep. Okay. Send it to either of those two things. We'll collect them and uh, knock out a mailbag. So you have roughly uh, 10 to 12 hours to get them in. So make sure that you do so. It's going to be a 15-hour mailbag is what what (laughs) we're giving giving people way too much lead time to, to ask questions. But yeah. Um, all right. So get those questions in. We'll handle a bunch of them and hopefully end up having a great time on the next two days of the podcast. So for Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. Bucks win 121-98 over the Detroit Pistons. Moved to 26-10 and 10 on the season. Still the best overall record in the NBA. That's going to be it for us for today. We'll talk again tomorrow. It's been Lockdown Bucks.